1: Welcome to the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ball players the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, You can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all sales go directly to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. That's the number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com, 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast. Brought to you by Nine Plus Us. Welcome, baseball family, to
0: the Baseball Together podcast. I am Brig, and I'm here with Brad again, as always.
1: Yes, we are.
0: Today, we're going to talk about a a bunch of things. First, baseball in London is the hot ticket item right now. And just a disclaimer, we are recording this Friday night. Yes, we We don't
1: know what happened in London yet. (laughs) I wish we had a time machine, but we don't. We
0: don't. So what we've decided to do is talk about whether it's going to go,
1: and then you guys can tell us if we got it right or wrong. (laughs) Yeah, make our predictions. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get started, though, before we get talking about anything with London or anything else, I have a question for you, Brig. Okay. So this last week, There was a very special anniversary of a birth. I don't want to call it a birthday because this person is long, long past. Do you know who was born this last week in
0: 1819? Ooh. I have have no idea what you're talking about.
1: So, on June 26th, 1819, Mr. Abner Doubleday was born. Oh, man. He is credited with setting up the first baseball game in 1839 in Cooperstown, New York. Yes, he so, was. happy birthday, I guess. Happy anniversary Mr. of a Double birthday day. to Mr. Abner Doubleday. Pretty exciting and, and big day well, last week.
0: Listen, listen, man. That was some top-shelf crap right there. Like you pulled that. <laughs> That's high-speed stuff, man.
1: Hey, hmm. I'm, not, I'm not throwing meatballs up here.
0: Oh, I like that. hmm that was good. So I have to recover now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about how yeah. far the game has come <laughs> since 1839. Uh, since the man was, what, 20 years old? That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, that's um, awesome. So since
1: 1839, now playing Major League Baseball in London this weekend. Right. Um I think Major League Baseball is doing the right thing here, sending the Yankees and the Red Sox over there.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you. You take the two two of the biggest, if not the biggest, franchises and brands and fan bases mm-hmm. in, the, in the entire game to spread the word, spread the love. I think as far as that one decision goes, I think they've really nailed it.
1: <laughs> I totally agree with you. And, I mean, the Red Sox are struggling. Right. The Red Sox are having yeah. a rough year. They're up and down. However, that is still a really good team. That is gonna oh, be for sure. great baseball for those fans over there. And they're they're gonna get to watch a really a really good game. And even if it you know, even if the Yankees go out there and hit ten home runs in a game, I mean that's what the people are gonna want to see, right?
0: Yeah. I think that that a lot of people do want to see that, yes.
1: Yeah, and I will say though. The thing that I wonder as far as going to London is, are they really, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great. I I love expansion to London, you know, not as far as a team, but as far as going there because the the NFL goes to London every year for a couple games. Um, and like I said, the Major League Baseball is doing it right, sending the Yankees and the Red Sox, because I feel like the NFL punishes the London fans by sending <laughs> the Jags every year, right? Right. Tampa, However, Bay, Tampa Bay goes to London. Yes. Yeah, they send the bad teams. But they're sending two top brands. However, should they be sending teams more to Latin America? Uh, we had the, the, the season open in Japan this year with the Mariners and the A's, which I think is great. But should they be going more to Latin American countries?
0: No, I think you make a really good point that building on an existing fan base and building into a culture you know, where, where baseball is a part of those cultures, I think that's a really a good move, but why aren't we doing both? Right. It's Mm. just, and, and I think the answer to that question is logistics because so I, I have flown from the United States to South Korea. They play baseball in South Korea. It's a big deal over there. Right. And it, that's, that's a, that's a, it's a chore, I guess is the best way to say it. That flight is taxing. And so to, and, it, and it's it's like double. Isn't it double to go to South Korea or Japan than it is to go to London? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I feel like it's longer to get from the Eastern United States to London or it's shorter to get to London than it would be to get all the way to Asia. So uh, anyway, logistics are a nightmare. 162 games in a season. When are you going to fit in all the travel time and the acclimation time? And so that they can put on a show, that's one of the issues that they're having here. So when the you know when the NFL sends the Jags or whatever
1: mm-hmm. to
0: England, they they're there for a week, and it's this big pomp and circumstance, and there's all this fanfare. And
1: they get a bye week after too,
0: yes, and they get a bye week, and then none of that is happening in baseball. So I think, I think I I agree with you. We should be focusing at least some of our efforts in other places where baseball is part of the culture. But I also think that they have completely botched this experience and time will tell, right? Cause we'll right. know by Monday, but okay. We are being told here in the United States that it is a sold out game. Both games are sold out in London, but mm-hmm. everything I'm reading and I have friends in England and they're telling me that they can go get a ticket right now if they wanted to, that they're pretty sure that they could stroll up to the gate at game time and pick up a seat
1: yeah and i feel like that's the way it is a sold out games anyway generally oh, is, for sure oh, sold yeah. out, but you can still always get a ticket and i i do feel like it is going to be a packed house um because there is there is enough of a fan base of people who are going to go watch that game you know like mm-hmm. there's enough soccer fans in the u.s of premier league teams when those teams come here they'll fill an entire stadium
0: Sure, of well, course. And granted,
1: that's and, and that's the most elite in the world, and, this, and we're not necessarily a soccer country yet. England is not necessarily a baseball country, and probably won't True. be because they're always going to be a soccer country. But I do feel like there is enough of a fan base and enough people who are curious who will go watch the game. I'm not worried about the crowd. I just, like you said, it's the logistics. If you're going to go to London, you should go before the season starts. Send, it, send yeah. it to them. Give them a week to come back and get adjusted. Um, I think yep. that's the part that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I heard that they're going to London. And I was like, wait, in June?
0: In June? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? I'm going to, I got to, I got to throw one more thing at you, though, because I just learned this this evening that the Cricket World Cup
1: mm-hmm.
0: is going on right now in England. Oh. oh. Yes. Yeah. It's not just going on, it's in England. Mm-hmm. Now, cricket is a massive deal over there, right? And, the, there are lots of similarities between cricket and baseball. Um, I had to learn about cricket for a weird job thing one time. So I know mm-hmm. about cricket and I'm, and there's enough similarities there to take an existing fan base of cricket fans and say, Hey, why don't you come and take a look at baseball? We think you'll find it interesting. That is absolutely true. Yep. Had they not botched the logistics <laughs> By trying to put it at the and schedule it at the same time as we know the Cricket World Cup is going to be at this time and we know it's going to be in England. Oh, let's schedule baseball then. Like, who, who stupid idea was that?
1: <laughs> I mean, you come know, on. And I will say, I think that the idea was we've got a giant cricket fan base who's going to be there. Let's try to pick them off. You know, that might have uh, been what it was. But uh. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't that's, think so either. That, that's like taking a football game in the middle of the FIFA World Cup and saying, hey, come watch some American football. Yeah, exactly. That, no, no. no. Uh, yeah. Quit,
0: stop stealing our word. Yeah, that's exactly what they would say. <laughs> and so I, it, it drives me nuts. I didn't <laughs> – I'm telling you it's going to be a packed house. What they're going to do is they're going to make beer free. That's the first thing they're going to do. The second thing they're going to do is put everybody else from America in those seats. They're going to go pick a USO somewhere. They're seriously, they're going to find the nearest uh, air force base and they're going to find the nearest Naval yard. And they're going to say, Hey, come on. And you can drink and it's going to be great. And the, all the, all the U S service persons are going to be there with a whole bunch of Londoners that got free beer.
1: I think that sounds about right. I think you're onto something there. That's probably it.
0: <laughs> if they want to fill that place, that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah. <laughs> which sucks for people like us because we wanted to go like Tiffany and I wanted to go. And we looked at the cost of tickets and we looked at the cost of airfare and, and lodging and all the stuff that would go into us flying from South Carolina all the way to London just to see a baseball game, which we would have done by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it would have, be, it was enormous amount of money. I
1: believe enormous. That. What was the cost on the tickets for the game? Yeah.
0: They were like a hundred bucks. Oh, wow. For the cheapest seats. And that wasn't bad. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, to be in London and have that experience. Yeah. Tiffany, my wife, lived in England. So it would have been like a double duty going over there. Yeah. So we'd have done it. But I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> well, so we've, we've touched on the Yankees a little bit. Let's talk about how the Yankees are doing. Because they've been astounding lately. The homework pretty much every day oh, yeah. for the last month. And let's, yep. let's be real here. Um, you're a Yankees fan, Brig. Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think this is something they can sustain?
0: Totally sustainable. Why? Yeah, and I'll give you, I'll give you one word, depth. Yeah. It all comes down to depth. The only thing that will, there are only two reasons we can't sustain this. And I say we lovingly. <laughs> there are only two reasons that we can't sustain this. One will be an injury or two. And I'm knocking on that wood hard, okay? <laughs> like, let's not talk injuries in 2019. We don't talk about it. Number two will be the trade deadline because because of injuries, so many of our young guys and our, t- our depth at triple A level, mm-hmm. like everybody's seen them now. Everybody knows what we're holding in our, mm-hmm. in our cards. You know, we've got a lot, a lot of depth. And we also desperately need some help in the pitching department. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for the Yankees to trade some of this depth out for pitching and that could hurt, you know, this momentum they got going on. I don't, I don't know. I just, it just could depending on how, who needs to go where. And, you know, if somebody gets in a slump or whatever, who knows, but I think, yes, it is sustainable.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I would be worried about if I was a Yankees fan, um, as far as hitting all these home runs and rely and, relying so much on these home runs because that is a murderer's row lineup. If Stanton gets, is. can stay healthy, there's not a single guy in that lineup you can throw a fastball to and be confident it's going to stay in the park because every single one of those guys can hit the ball out.
0: Yeah, it's murderer's row now. Yeah. Like we don't even need Stanton up there yet.
1: <laughs> don't need Stanton. What is this? What's this guy saying?
0: What? Well, we don't need. <laughs> hey, hey, he has been injured for so long. He has been. And look, look, we hit, you said it yourself, we have hit home runs every day, basically, Mm -hmm. for the last month, and multi-game homers, and we win series after series after series. I'm telling you right now, it's not like, we would love to have Stanton back. We do not need him
1: at this point. It's true. I will say, you gotta hope for a series against a Southern team in the playoffs, though, because those bats literally cool down in october
0: yeah literally cool
1: down and those home runs are harder to come by the ball gets cold the back gets cold and the ball does not fly nearly as far that was my only concern
0: i you said is it sustainable and yes we're gonna still keep hitting home runs Does, does that mean that we can win the whole thing yes but we gotta keep playing small ball Yeah, I've been I will say this until I die. This is the sword I will fall on one day is that the only way teams can win championships is playing fundamental small ball. You got to bunt. You got to steal bases. The goal is to get on base. You got to do it with a walk, do it with a walk. You got to go with a B hack and get it out into the middle of, of, uh, you know, behind second base. Do that. I do not care. Yep. Home runs will not win you championships. That's why the Yankees fell apart the last two seasons.
1: Yep. That's why that's why the Red Sox won it last year. They didn't win it on home runs.
0: No, that's exactly right. Yep. And at Houston and LA and everybody in the past. Every single buddy. Yep. Small ball's where it's at. You've got to be able to get on base. You've got to have a guy like Brett Gardner who gets on base almost every single time. I know he's had a slump, but you gotta have a guy who can get a who can drag a bunt. Right, like Kyle Schwarber is a perfect example. Kyle Schwarber can drag a bunt; he can put it down anywhere he wants in any situation against any pitcher, throwing anything.
1: That's right. And that being said, I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series. I really do. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I I do do too. too. Yeah, (laughs) I think I do too.
0: It just depends on who they're going to play, and right now, it's is it going to be LA or is it going to be Atlanta? That's my opinion. That's what I think, but it could be Chicago. I think that would be mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I, my wife and I, like our whole house would explode. <laughs> and that, she's a Cubs fan. Yeah. it'd be it'd be awesome. I really do think though that that they're going to the Fall Classic.
1: Yep, yeah, I think so too. Um, speaking of classics, let's talk about the Midsummer Classic. Got the All Star Game coming yeah. up, and the rosters, the starters have been announced. So, isn't it exciting? It is exciting. Your beloved Gary Sanchez starting at catcher, Carlos Santana <laughs> from the Indians at first base, DJ LeMahieu at second base, Alex Woo! Bregman at third, Jorge Polanco at shortstop, Mike Trout, the guy leading the league in neck size in the outfield with George Springer and Michael <laughs> Brantley, and then Hunter Pence at DH for the American League, and then National League we have Wilson Contreras, that guy's awesome, Freddie Freeman, Catell awesome. Marte, I can never say that guy's name. I, can't, I never know what Beetle <laughs> or Cattell Marte. He's a former Mariner. I think that guy's awesome. I think he deserves to be in the All-Star game Nolan Arenado, Javier Baez, Amago, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, and Ronald Acuna Jr. round out the National League. Um, is there anybody missing from that list? Uh, Yes. Who do you think is missing from those starters? Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Well. Wow.
0: You're gonna say that. I well, I mean <laughs> I'm not just saying it because I'm a Yankees fan. The guy is literally amazing. He's amazing. He has sustained this weirdly weird thing, productivity thing at the plate since like September of last year. It's true. He's been fantastic. He is he just he just doesn't cool down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There there a <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might need Look, to baseball
0: a- people are we're superstitious
1: <laughs> might need if to get we're a- anything get some kind of uh some kind of sound effect to insert for that <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> don't worry i got it
0: i just take care of it in the moment yeah.
1: Uh, no, I, I really think I think that's a solid lineup, though. I mean, Santana's been great, and you know, Voight's gonna make the make the reserves. He's gonna be in the All Star game.
0: Yeah, he's already in the reserves. It's already a done deal. Everything's fine.
1: Yeah, and and I feel like at this point, um, you can't really say snubs just because this is the fan voting and this is who the fans yeah. want to see, and the, and that's and that's what this is all about. This is just a, it's a game for the fans, and it truly is. When you watch it, like everybody's having a blast. That's what I love about watching the All Star game. Is It's it's, yeah, it's, it's the world's biggest Sandlot game. And everybody's having a, a ton of fun.
0: <laughs> I love that they mic up the players in the in the field, especially the outfielders. Mm-hmm. And they're like jawjacking with the announcers and they're te- teasing each other. It's the, it's the best. Yeah.
1: I think that they should do that more to be honest, because they do it during spring training too. And I think it's a ton of fun. Like last year in spring training, not this year, but in uh, 2018 spring training, they had Mookie Betts with a mic on and it, the, yeah. That clip went viral. It was probably the most the most popular clip from all of spring training. Ball off the bat, and he's he's running towards the corner. and getting this one, boys. And that was the best audio <laughs> clip of all of spring training. And think of how many more of those you would get if you had guys mic'd up in the outfield. Yeah. You know, just doing those doing those little interviews, because especially outfielders, you're not doing a whole lot out there. <laughs> especially these days. Right. You know, and yeah. No, I think it'd be a blast if they did that in regular season games, did those interviews.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Okay.
1: Okay, I got to ask you,
0: Who who's going to the home run derby though? Oh god. Cuz I
1: don't think they've released the names, have they? I haven't seen anything. Trout said no. Um which I Trout said no, and I don't think he should have to do. It. I don't I don't think guys should have to do the home run derby just because you you do change your swing up a little bit for the home run derby, you know, as as far as trying to get the ball up a little bit more to get it out because if you notice home runs in the home run derby are towering home runs right
0: oh, home yeah. runs in
1: games mm-hmm. are line drives so anybody who says often yes often anybody who says no to the home run derby i don't fault him people are killing trout for saying no to the home run derby and i'm fine with it because
0: me too because i don't I, have any i do i agree with you i think no well it screwed up judges swing all last year, bad. Yes,
1: yes, and that's a lot of repetitions on a weird swing. Yep. So I have no problem with it. I do think that they what they should do is they should get guys, just lesser known guys who are kind of like middle of the middle of the pack home run, home yeah. run race, or maybe have like a pitcher home run derby. <laughs> that
0: would be okay. I would pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be pretty I cool. I want to see. It would be so cool to see like John Lester out there and Clayton Kershaw and, <laughs> you know, Tanaka time at the plate. That would be amazing. A, a
1: sneaky candidate is Felix Hernandez. That guy's hit like three or four home runs in his career. And he's it's been eight. in the American league his whole his whole life.
0: It's perfect. So yeah, no, I That's think exactly. I
1: give the pitchers a little bit more respect at the plate.
0: I love it. I've
1: never heard that. I love it. So, Let's wrap this up with one more thing. This is something I saw this last week that I thought was too funny not to talk about. I'm going to call it Hugs for Bellinger. <laughs> Cody Bellinger on the outfield home game. This girl jumps over the fence, comes out and gives him a hug and he tells her, "You know you're going to get arrested, right?" And she says, "It's so worth it." And then the best the picture <laughs> of the night, the photo of the night, she's face down on the ground getting handcuffed and he's giving her a little peace sign like just like See, and and, you know, he's, I I give him, give him credit. He was professional about it. He kept his hands up, you know, just like, I'm not involved in this. I can't have anything to do with this. Um, Of course. But then let's double down on this. The Dodgers (laughs) go on the road to Arizona the next night and it happens again. It happens again. (laughs) And I can't fault these women. Cody Bellinger is one of the better looking outfielders in the league. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, I just don't understand why people think it's okay to jump on the field. I
0: don't. I don't get it either. I don't think it is okay. <laughs>
1: well, no. I, I was at a Mariners game one time in high school, and there was a pitching change, and this is how long ago this was. Um, Ichiro was playing center field for the Mariners. Raúl Ibañez was in left. I can't remember who was playing right at the time, but this guy, we were out on the center field porch out there. And this guy jumped over the fence, hopped down, and just walked out. And put his arm around Ichiro and Abanias, and I was like, "What's that?" Said, and my guys, like my dad, I was like, "What's that guy doing?" He's like, "I don't know, he's drunk." And and I guess Ichiro said to the guy, "You know, you're going to jail, right?" He goes, "Ah, yeah." So they the you know the cops came out, and the guy put his hands up, laid down on the ground. They cuffed him and took him away. And my, and my dad said, he's like, "You know, that guy's not going to be laughing anymore, and his buddies don't come bail him out of jail tonight." that's right i sure wouldn't (laughs) oh that's really funny so don't go on the don't go on the field to hug cody bellinger he doesn't want you to he said it himself and nobody wants to see that you're taking time away from the game
0: come on ladies just keep it in the stands
1: yell your love things to cody bellinger from the stands that's that's appropriate Anyways, alright, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to dive into our very first mailbag. Hey babe, I'm headed to concessions. Do you want me to grab you something? Yeah, anything. Whatever you're getting. Okay, I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that. No, that doesn't sound good. Okay, I think there's barbecue. Probably some nachos. Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything. <sighs> what do you want? Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier. Okay, I can do that.
0: Well, no. Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Today we are introducing a new segment to our show. It's called The Mailbag. And what we have done is sourced questions from our 9 Plus Us VIP private Facebook group. You're welcome to join. We'd love to see you there. Just go to the 9 Plus Us page and search groups and then request to join and we'll get you in among the baseball family. So that is what we're going to do and we have a few questions today.
1: Mail call.
0: All right. Our first question comes from Joseph Franks. He asked, when was your first baseball memory that ultimately sparked your interest in the sport? Was it your first game with the family, playing t-ball in school, or trading cards? What do you think, Brad?
1: So for me, I've said before, I pretty much started playing baseball when I could walk. Um, I remember walking around with my little bat. And I know we had a pretty big backyard to me, to my four-year-old self, uh, in the first house I lived in. So I got to play t-ball in the backyard there. Um, I remember sitting in the living room with my dad watching baseball games all the time there's there's a picture of me and my dad laying on laying on our backs on the floor with our with our heads on on our hands right like heads resting on our hands and we both had our our foot up on our knee watching the game probably watching like a cubs game on wgn or something like that um i remember all of that when i was i mean like i said i couldn't have been older than four because that's how old i was when we moved from the house um just goes back all the way. Um, I learned how to throw a two-seam fastball before I could write my name. Um, all those memories just flood in from just that young, young age. And that's that's like my core of baseball, all of those things. And I, I love it. I can't help but <laughs> just love the sport.
0: <laughs> they always say you never leave your first love, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, it,
1: and it truly is my first love. Me too. Yeah. What about you? What was what was the first thing that sparked your your interest or love for baseball?
0: You know, I've been thinking about this question a lot and I don't know if I can pinpoint the the moment, right? Like you have moments and I have moments I remember, but I I my memories include love of baseball, right? They don't I can't pick an origin. One of the things that I will tell you though I think is really funny is that in elementary school Pokemon was brand new. Oh yeah. And everybody was obsessed with Pokemon cards. And so I got savvy real quick and started buying Pokemon cards. Well, my mom bought them for me. Mm-hmm. And I would take them to school and trade them for baseball cards. <laughs> hustling. I, I was hustling. For, yeah. No, I seriously, seriously. So dude's like, you got a Charizard? I'm like, yeah, man, can I have that Mark McGuire rookie card? And he's like, hell yes. And he handed it over. And I was like, this is the best. (laughs) (laughs) And I, so I distinctly remember that. I remember, um, you know, one of my very first memories, and this is not my earliest memory because I had to be taught how to throw a ball. I just don't, can't put my hands on that memory. But my, my, one of my best friends growing up, his name's Austin James. And he and I lived a couple of houses down from each other and we would turn double plays in his backyard and all day long we just practice you know that little hop move and mm-hmm. then and the transfer from the glove and we would do that b- back and forth and back and forth for hours just trying to go faster and faster and faster and get our timing down and we we put out little pieces of paper 90 feet apart and everything like mm-hmm. we it was awesome and so yeah. to joseph's question like joe i don't know what my first memory was but i can tell you that i have really dear and cherished memories of all of these things watching games with my dad my dad's a very vocal person especially when it comes to things he's passionate about so when it comes to baseball he's a very vocal fan and he like me now having learned from the best and scream at the tv right (laughs) what are you doing and oh my gosh he was safe and my dad can still see the picture frames rattling on the walls when my dad would stand up out of his leather uh, lazy boy and he would say he would go are you freaking kidding me that was safe he was safe <laughs> what are you can't even and the, you know we're watching the cubs or the or the red Sox or the yankees or whoever and my dad thinks that he's for sure gonna make a difference uh yelling at the umpire through the television screen and i'm the same way now <laughs> <laughs> so i have really fond memories all the way back i just can't put my finger on the very first one it, maybe i'm just dyed in the wool maybe that's what it is. Maybe I came out this way. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, we're going to do another question here. It came from uh, Jason D'Agostino. He's our—he's one of our resident Philly fans. Uh, and he said, Who is someone on an opposing team that you enjoy watching? So he said that for years he loved watching Andrew McCutcheon when he was with the Pirates. And before that, he was a big fan of Mike Piazza, even though. He was a filthy Met, and he apologized to all the Mets fans out there, and we'll <laughs> will extend his apology as well. But He, what he do
1: should you apologize think? to the Dodger fans too,
0: <laughs> whatever. What, what do you think, Brad? <laughs> who are some guys on opposing teams that you think are just fun to watch?
1: Well, I've said it before. I mean, I, I love watching guys who play for the Angels, and I think part of it is because um, I don't have, like, cable. I have MLB TV right so i stream all the games that i watch and unfortunately i'm just far enough inside the seattle mariners uh market market. Mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna i'm gonna spoil the illusion here a little bit Uh, i don't live by brig (laughs) Uh, i live live in western idaho (laughs) There, there goes the theater of the mind Anyway, go. <laughs> so I don't get to watch my Mariners, so since my wife's an Angels fan and those games are on at night, after kids go to bed, I turn on an Angels game and I watch a lot of the Angels. I'm a big Mike Trout fan. I'm a big Otani fan. I love yeah. those guys. I love watching them unless they're playing the Mariners. Then A, I don't get to watch them, and B, I don't like them because they kill Seattle pitching. So, right. <laughs> yeah, now those are, those are the two guys that I really enjoy watching a whole lot.
0: Okay, I'm going to spin this question. I'll answer the question for or in a minute, but I'm going to spin it on you really quick. Okay. And who do you have a team you hate that's got a guy on it that you just think is awesome?
1: Oh, that I hate?
0: Yeah. You got a yeah. team you hate that but one of their players you just got to tip your hat.
1: Yeah, I'm going to offend a lot of people with this. Oh my gosh. Uh including your wife. Oh my gosh. I cannot stand the Cubs. No, and a lot of it comes from that World Series run. I just felt like there are so many Cubs fans who are so obnoxious that I was just like, "I hope they lose." What? And I've like, I've kept that with me, Brad. Be, I. How could? <laughs> but I know. I'm so sorry, but I love how watching we Hobby still be friends, Bias. Brad, I love watching Hobby <laughs> Bias. I love that guy. Oh, yeah. My, and like I said, like I said in episode three, I love watching that guy tag guys out of second base when they try to steal. And his swing has so much torque. It's like watching Trebuchet. Like, if you watch that, <laughs> seriously, watch that guy yeah. swing. It's like a whip. I know. It's it incredible is. to watch that guy's bat. And, and I love watching him, but I cannot stand the Cubs.
0: Oh, my gosh. So. <laughs> Did you hate the Cubs before 2016? No. <laughs> it was that's it. so a hundred and eight years worth of anxiety and disappointment and all this stuff, and now suddenly, like all of that enjoyment and all of that passion came bubbling out and finally, and
1: I really think and it turned because, you off. I really think it's just because there were so many coast fans who were around me were just just suddenly just got so cocky that I was just like, Gosh, I hope you lose, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle might have been might have been the one. There. I'm sorry
0: Kyle. I was there. I can you tell know what I'm you talking who it was. Yes.
1: It wasn't hey, just man. him. It wasn't just him. No, there no, were other I Cubs know. fans. There were other <laughs> Cubs fans around who like just my I wife. heard it every day and I'm just like, "Man, my Mariners stink. And now I've got to deal with this?" Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't digging it. But
0: Oh my gosh. I I'm I we need to take a break or something. I have to recover from this so funny. Yeah, oh I'll take gosh, a break and then we will so come funny. back and
1: then you can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Spend a minute. <laughs> all right, we'll be back with the rest of our mailbag. <laughs> hey, Mike, Catherine, those are some cool t-shirts you guys have. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got
0: it from 9plusus.com. They have tons of great baseball designs.
1: Yeah, I wear my 9 us clothing all the time. My favorite, Jim Tank says diamonds are everyone's best friend. And my go-to shirt for barbecue says a hot dog at the ballpark is better than steak at the Ritz.
0: Wow, I love that. Right? Isn't that so cool? Yeah, I also got this snapback from 9 Plus Us. It's, they're really the greatest stuff. Well, I'm going to have to do some shopping after this
1: batter. What was that site again?
0: So, yeah, it's 9plusus.com. So, the number 9, right? 9 players on the field, plus us. So, 9, the number 9, L U S us.com
1: shop. 9 com apparel for game day and everyday. Welcome back baseball family. We have recovered from uh me offending Brig and <laughs> the entire baseball together community. the baseball family <laughs> with my weird thing. Uh we're going to continue with the mailbag now. Um we're going to actually get to break with his, with his answer to that question. So who is somebody you enjoy watching on an opposing team? Let's do that. And then we have another, we're going to have to spin that question for him again as well.
0: Okay. Um. Honestly, I have loved watching Dustin Pedroia for years.
1: Oh yeah. The laser show. Yeah.
0: Dude is absolutely amazing. I, I remember when he first came up and everybody looked at him like, who's this little dude, right? Cause he's, I mean, compared to a lot of his teammates, he's terribly small, Mm -hmm. but man,
1: that looks like it's the same height as he is. Yeah.
0: And that dude packs a friggin' punch, man. And it's from the minute he come up all the way, right. He swings with everything he has and Mm -hmm. not, not even talking about his defense, which is absolutely amazing. But, but he, um, he's one of my dad's very favorite players of all time. Red Sox or otherwise, even though he's a Mm -hmm. Red Sox fan but but specifically because that guy goes hard every time it doesn't matter what the scenario is it doesn't matter who he's facing and, and I love seeing a guy who takes big boy swing from his toes
1: I love it oh, oh for sure so funny funny way I was introduced to him so in 2007 I got a PlayStation 2 uh, my brother-in-law bought it for me for my birthday and he got me MLB the Show yeah right I was introduced to him because I did the creative player and I was playing I was my player was batting behind him uh, in the batting order on the nice. game for the Pawtucket Red Sox AAA. Oh, yeah. That's how I was introduced to Dustin Pedroil. Dustin Pedroil. Awesome. I thought that was pretty rad. And I was like, oh, this guy. Yeah, I know who he is. So that's yeah. way cool. No, he is a he is a way. He, I've enjoyed him for a long time, too.
0: So he came on a rehab assignment earlier this season down here to single-A Greenville, class-A Greenville. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm telling you what, you could not, like, I, I can think of few people in the history of the world that would have received such accolade and ovation and, mm-hmm. and, and respect and tribute or whatever you want to call it as this guy. Like, if it had been a sitting president, any sitting president, it would not have been more warmly received. If it was, like, it, it would have had to be Nomar Para, right? Yeah. Or P- Poppy, right? It would have had to be somebody. Teddy Williams could have come, and he would have been received as warmly as Dustin Petroya was here. If walked on the field for warm-ups, everybody's on their feet clapping. So that dude has a fan base that runs real deep, it's real strong, and I just freaking
1: love him. That's awesome. So let's spin this a little bit for you. Who is a player who you hate? <laughs> oh, that's easy.
0: Uh, Raphael Devers.
1: Devers. Okay, yeah. explain yourself. It's the
0: stupidest reason ever. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, when that dude, first of all, when he chews his gum, okay, <laughs> he looks. he looks like, I don't know, I don't know how to say that. It's Is just... it like
1: Steph Curry? Is it like Steph Curry chewing on his mouth guard?
0: Oh man, it's so much worse than that. It's, <laughs> it just—it's like Michael Jordan chewing his gum. Okay, okay. Right? You yeah. remember that with the yeah, jaw paste moving? The picture. Yep. Okay, that on top of his cabbage patch face bugs the crap <laughs> out of me. The dude—the dude looks like a grown, a grown ass cabbage patch doll, and it and it bugs me. And every time he comes to the TV, I have to look away. I literally, I'm like stupid face, and I turn away. I don't know why. I hope I don't offend somebody terribly, but it and has all the a,
1: Red Sox fans just turned off.
0: It has everything to do with the eye black on his cabbage patch face, and that's I just can't do it. Can't do it. I hate that guy.
1: So we, lost, I hate- so we lost. So we lost the Cub fans partway through, and now we lost all the Red Sox fans. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't I can't stand other guys too, but for different reasons. That's just the one guy that consistently, no matter what, I'm like, nope.
1: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. Is there a guy right, you hate? Let's go to our, what's that? Is there a guy you hate? <laughs> that I hate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jose Altuve. Oh, what? I, yeah, I can't stand that guy. Why? Because he kills the Mariners. And oh, he's geez. like... He's like five foot six, his bat's half his size, and like I don't know what I don't know what it is about that guy. Like I when he comes on the when he comes on the TV, it's like you with Devers. I I, I can't watch just, it. Just turn away. It makes me crazy. All just like, right. just, ugh, I don't No, I I I don't like him. He bugs me. Like I like Springer, I like Correa, I don't like Altuve. It's fascinating. Oh. Well everybody's yeah. got their opinion. Okay, yeah.
0: people, in the comments, I want you to get on and tell us who you love and who you hate and why? We got to know. Yeah, tell us. And you can lash out in anger at us too.
1: That's fine. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> all right. Let's go to our last our last uh, mailbag question here. Mail call. This one comes from Alex Waring. It says, "Are all these new stats really helping predict and decide the best players in the league, or were the old stats just fine?" He goes on to say, for instance, with all the new stats, Bryce Harper is a top-level player, yet his batting average tells us he is a slightly above-average player, which is where, if not below, what he is currently playing at. And he got that huge contract, which could have been used to shore up other failings Philly is having. Mm. So, Brig, what do you think about these new stats? Are they effective, or is it too much? What do you think?
0: uh, First of all, it's an excellent question. It's a great question. Yeah. I would say that some of them make a heap of sense and some of them are super, super extraneous. Like they make, they're dumb. Um, and I don't mind that we're exploring different ways to look at statistics. And I don't, like, it doesn't bother me that people want to get all excited about sabermetrics and, and uh, Statcast cast and all that stuff. Like it's, that's fine. But as long as we know collectively, in my opinion, anyway, It needs to be an exploratory approach to analytics. I don't want us just jumping on the next statistic and piece of analysis that's shiny and new. I want us to play with some, keep what works, and bag what doesn't. So, for instance, I think OPS makes a lot of sense,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: Not that necessarily OPS is a perfect statistic, but that it gives us a really complete picture of that guy's offensive capabilities. I like that, right? I like that. I don't think it necessarily should replace a batting average because I think your batting average tells a different piece of the story. Yes. OPS tells a different piece of the story. It just happens to include batting average, right? So, um, but let's take, for instance, wins and losses for pitchers. We have got to come up with a new way to judge pitchers that is not based on what the rest of the team is doing.
1: Exactly. I totally agree with you on that. Um, and as far as batting average OPS, I agree with you on that because Bryce Harper right now is batting somewhere around 200, I think last time I saw, um, and, and he is, he's considered one of the top hitters in in the league, right? I mean, I understand this year he's having a down year. He's not playing very well, but he's drawing a lot of walks. So his on base percentage is pretty solid as far as that goes. However, if you went back to and, and I know the 90s are the 90s, you know, steroid era and everything like that. But let's take a control. Okay? Let's use yeah. Ken Griffey Jr as a control. I'm biased, obviously. Sure. But during the 90s, Ken Griffey Jr was a career 300 hitter. He was known as a slugger. But he wasn't yeah. hitting home runs at a rate of 3 of at a rate of 300, right? Right. Um, I watched. I watched an interview with him a few years ago. He was out playing golf with one of the broadcasters for the Mariners, and he asked him. He said, "Is your golf swing similar to your baseball swing?" He said, "No. I try to hit my golf a golf ball straight. My baseball swing had a lot more slice on it." <laughs> like, wait, what? You hit home runs down the right field line. Like, what do you mean you had slice on? Like, that's just a how fast his bat was, and yeah. b. That's why he was hitting 300 because he wasn't trying to pull every single ball. If he if he got a ball that he knew he could hit out, he was going to pull it. But anything else, he was going to he's going to slice it and hit it up the middle or you know, otherwise that he was going to do more with it than just try to pull the ball. And part of that is all these advanced statistics, you know, this guy can only pull the ball. So let's shift. But nobody's adjusting. Is the problem. Right. It's because of this whole thing you know like you like you talked about the stat cast is, as far as launch angle and things like that guys are like well you know if we just try to hit a little bit higher we can hit it over the shift Well, no how about you stick with it you just pull your hands through a little bit faster and hit the ball the other way
0: or choke up a little bit or whatever it is you got to do
1: yeah you know you don't have to, to blast the ball into the fence or you don't have to hit it into the into the wall every time you hit it you just have to hit it where they're not so you can get on base yeah. You know, and I feel like I feel like that is the part of all these advanced stats that has gotten the game to deviate from what it has been is that oh, if we hit for power, we're going to be better off. Well, no, you can get a double by hitting the ball the other direction because it's going to be slicing and going into the corner.
0: So then back back to Alex's question, do the new stats, right? Do these new percentages and this new paradigm does this really help us predict who is the best guy?
1: It's. I think it's tough, just because we're looking at, we are looking at different things, right? Um, so I feel like what it, what these advanced stats have done is it's changed the way guys have played. They play the game, is what I was getting out with all that. Yeah, everything that I went with. So Bryce Harper, I think the Phillies have been like, you're a power hitter. This is what we're gonna do. So we're looking at him strictly for OPS, home runs, RBIs you know, and batting average instead of instead of looking at truly just his OPS or slugging, you know, individually, you know. Uh, because I think if, if the Phillies had not put that on him, or if I guess the world had not put that slugger label on him, because I feel like he truly is an excellent hitter. If he wasn't just trying to hit home runs, he'd hit a gazillion doubles a season.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah.
1: I think I think he's capable of that. And I think he would do it if there wasn't so much stress put on long angle and trying to get him to hit the ball over the fence. I think that he's capable of that. So I I I think it's not the stats, it's the style of play. Um the the stats are, are showing us what kind of player this guy is, but everything but it it's it's shifting the type of player the guys guys need to be. The Bryce Harper should be a double a double guy who hits home runs instead of a home run guy who hits doubles. If that makes sense? Yeah.
0: Yep. It does. I like that because I mean, that's what we see with some of these other guys. Like Brett Gardner's a great example, right? He is mm-hmm. a, he's an on base guy, right? He's a lead off guy forever. He'll be my lead off guy, but he, you know, he, he launches one every now and again and it's great. Right. Yeah. And we love that, but his job is to get on base, right? His job is to produce extra bases so that they can steal, steal another one. And then, the next guy behind him can maybe put it into the seats or whatever, and it yeah. But but I think you're right. I think that the statistics are shifting. They're they're forcing guys to look at their play differently. They're forcing the ball clubs to look at the style of play differently, and it's it's causing a different set of influences. Um, I, you know, some it's, it's rumor. I don't even know if this is true or not. I think it is though. It makes a lot of sense. But the guys are incentivized to hit for power now, right? You get a certain, and it might even be a monetary incentive to hit for power, right? So, I mean, if you can figure that these guys are being told that their paycheck is dependent on putting them in the seats, mm-hmm. right? Then, of course, that's going to shift the way they approach the game.
1: Well, I, th- I think it's kind of what we talked about last week with with like how the Warriors, how they, how they. Changed the NBA with saying, Oh, it's more efficient to step back to or three feet to shoot a three pointer than it is to shoot a mid range jumper. So there's a whole lot of three pointers, right? Yeah. And so in Major League Baseball, it's, Well, it's more efficient to try to swing for the fence instead of to try to swing for the gap, right? You know, because instead of just getting on first base and trying to have somebody bat you around, you're hitting the ball over the fence and you're coming all the way around, you know? And back to the Bryce Harper thing, he is a tremendous weapon on the base pass. There's nothing wrong with him getting just getting a single, and then he's still second, and then he scores from second on a single by the Absolutely. next guy. You know? Yeah. And I, I think that there are guys who have power and have that speed capability. I feel like Bellinger's another one. Otani's totally. another guy who yeah. have, who if they if they kind of leveled that swing out a little bit, I mean, I don't want to tell Bellinger not to swing for the fence because he's hitting a grip of home runs this season. But if they, if they leveled that out and, and aimed for the gaps a little bit more, their, I think that their batting average would skyrocket. You know, again, telling Bellinger, a guy who was hitting four hundred for a month and a half this season, yeah, <laughs> he might have been hitting five hundred if he'd done that. You know, hitting balls yeah, in the maybe. gap, doubles, but, uh, but you know, getting a chance to, to string some together because I've always called home runs rally killers. Yeah, you know, because you, you you string together a few hits and then you get a guy who hits a home run. Now you get to start all over again.
0: Yeah, that's really a good point. I don't really know <clears throat> how these statistics are, like to Alex's question, is it really helping us determine who the best guy in the league is? Because how many of us went to vote in this all-star ballot and we went, oh, who has the best OPS? Who's the highest OPS? Right. Because that, I'm sure, happened, right? Yes. Um, And the, the, the roster is reflective of that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know.
1: And for me, it's just, it's what I see. I mean, I don't like to go off of stats. Like, if I see a guy who I feel like plays really well, that's who I would vote for. I don't typically vote for All-Star Games just because um, that's a whole other thing. But um, I, I I don't typically go off stats when I'm looking for the best player. For me, it's an eye test. You know, Me too. How complete is this guy? How many tools does he have? Is he a four or five tool player? Um, that that's kind of what I go off of anyway. But that's what I do. Yeah. No. I I, I think the, I think the stats do kind of skew it, just because you are looking at a guy with his with his OPS and and defense is such so put on the back burner now. Yeah. You know that that there is no real good stat to tell you how good a guy is defensively that yep. you do have to watch you have to see what a guy can do you know you, you can you can see the stat cast and see that aaron threw a 102 mile an hour ball from right field to to home which i think he i think he did that last year didn't he
0: yeah he did it a couple yeah. of days ago too yeah
1: <laughs> yeah you know to see that the dude's got a cannon but you can also see it and be like wow that was that was legit yeah but, it's fun to watch for sure yeah um but since everybody's hitting home runs now, you know, you, you, you kind of look across the board at, at like you said, OPS and, and batting average. And I'm still a batting average guy. I yeah, I still think too. there is there is something to be said of just getting on base. I don't like I don't like strikeouts. I know that strikeouts aren't supposed to be a big deal anymore, but I still don't like them because it's an empty at bat. If you've got a runner on second and you're striking out, you did nothing to move that guy over. Yeah. So I, I think a strikeout is a complete waste of an at bat. There's nothing productive about it, other than getting a pitcher to throw you maybe six or seven pitches and to to get to eat up his pitch count, which you know may have a little bit of a an effect on the game later. But if that team has a good bullpen, you're not helping the team out <laughs> at all, right? <laughs> so, yeah, and, so, and that you know. is
0: a, that's a strategic decision you have to make. Like I love guys who will sit there and force a pitcher to throw ten, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, even. Mm-hmm. I I think that's amazing. Like that's in the past. That's been one of the best ways to disrupt these starters. You know, these teams have weaker bullpens. You just, you know, you just hack away, keep hitting foul balls, yeah. and it's amazing. I love watching that. I think that's br- absolutely brilliant if you can hang in there like that.
1: Yeah, and I I think I do like that approach as far as getting into the bullpen if that's the weakness. But if it's going to be a lights out bullpen and you know you're not going to be able to do anything with it anyway, then I think you got to hack away at that pitcher. Totally, um, but anyways, no, I I think that that the that the stats can skew who you think is the best player, but at the same time, op I feel like OPS is a solid stat. I will say that, yeah, because it because it shows, like you said, gives an idea of the guy's offensive output with his batting average plus what he's doing with getting on base. Yep, you know if if that slugging percentage that is skyrocketing, that OPS is. Really high because he's a guy, a high double, high, just a high extra base hit guy in general. Then yeah, I'm I'm gonna want that guy on my team for sure.
0: Yeah, but that's what I that's why I I led with my caveat, right? Like, like let's keep playing with these statistics. Let's find the ones that work. Let's fine tune. Let's get new ones. Let's mm-hmm. dump some of the old ones that don't work. But when it comes to like batting average, needs to stay. Yes. It makes a lot of sense to me, and it should be weighted at least somewhat. It should be given some due consideration.
1: Yeah, I totally so I don't agree. think
0: that I don't think the new stuff is the only way to go in judging players, and I'm with you. I think an eye test is the best way to go. So perfect example, um, you know, while Gary Sanchez has been out, Austin Romine's been our guy behind the plate. I think Austin Romine is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm and i think he manages a game well i think he's his production behind the plate is not a power production guy like sanchez mm-hmm. but he's consistent and yeah. he gets you on base and he'll work a pitch count mm-hmm. but his defensive stuff his defensive contributions put him put his deficiencies at the plate in a uh, who cares situation right like not i mean we care but it's not that big a deal when he's got the support he's got from his other guys absolutely
1: yeah alright well baseball family we want to hear from you we want we want to hear your opinions on things we've covered today we want to know what you think about advanced stats we want to know what you think about uh, if, if it is if it is really showing us who the best player in the, in the league is or if you prefer to go old school like us and just watch and go with the eye test
0: yeah please tell us what you think we want to hear from you always join the 9 Plus Us VIP group on Facebook And
1: uh, we'll see you there. And make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review. Tell us what you think of the podcast. And we will catch you next time, baseball family.